Do you know if your website is actually attracting people to you? Or is it pushing them away? I am joined today by the amazing Annie Ruggles, who is someone who for over a decade has been helping entrepreneurs just like you and me learn how to create deeper connections with their community and leave lasting impressions that ultimately result in conversions. And today specifically, we're going to look at your about page because I don't know if you caught last week's episode, but we just hit publish on our brand new website and oh my gosh, did it need it. It needed this update so badly and it has been a project that's been in the works for the past six months or more. And about pages specifically are one of the hardest pages for us as entrepreneurs to write because who is it really about? Is it about you or is it about your reader? Is it about your company or is it about what you help people do? And we're going to answer all of those questions inside this episode, including taking a look at some of the biggest mistakes that people make on their about pages and most importantly, what you need to do to avoid them so that you can take that traffic that's visiting your website and convert them to warm and loyal leads and clients. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for helping overworked online business owners navigate the ups and downs on the way to seven figures. Each week, you're going to learn how to get the right systems, structure, and support in place so you can build a self-sustaining business that thrives in a rapidly changing digital environment and grow through what you go through to create the greater income, influence, and impact you deserve. This is Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. Annie, welcome. Oh, I'm so excited you're here today. This conversation has been nine months in the making, people. Nine months in the making. Thank you for making We're the time. We're finally doing it. Oh, I'm delighted to be here with you. Yes. So, you know, we have a lot to dig into today. And the first and foremost of that being, you know, this problem that I'm seeing a lot in the entrepreneurial space right now with how we market ourselves, how we present ourselves. Authenticity is the big buzzword. But how much do we actually need to show of ourselves to be authentic? What parts of ourselves? What do people need to see to develop that trust in order to lead to sales, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want greater visibility because we think that's what's going to lead to greater sales. And we want to have that money because that's how we measure the impact that drives us, that we're here to make. But you have a very different idea of how we should be talking about ourselves. So I'd love to start there with you. Tell us more about that. So once upon a time when I was sub-coaching, I was the head of a coaching for a big personal development guru. And I do not name her because that's her story and not mine. But part of what my role was for her was I would meet with our clients in this women's empowerment program. And one of the very first things that it would be my job to do was be little like Debbie dictation. And I would ask questions and I would get them to tell me their life stories. And then while they were at it, I would type it and I would type it into one of those great wall of China you know, once in second grade, I ate a peanut butter sandwich about pages that were like, whoa, what? Right. And already I was like, okay, who's going to read this? That was my first thought was like, who's going to read this? It's not a memoir and it's not particularly enticing, exciting, actionable, right? It wasn't making it. So my first, my very first problem before we got into anything else, it's like, who's actually going to sit down and read this? 
because story, although very compelling, is not the buying driver for all people. So that was already bugging me. But then what I noticed, especially in the personal development spaces and especially with women and other historically excluded groups, not just women, but happens a lot, where people would come and they'd say, here's my story. The reason I'm doing this work is because there is a time in my life when I desperately needed this work and couldn't find it or found it and it changed everything and here we are. And so what they would want to do is come and in vivid detail, tell the story of that trauma. And a lot of it for a lot of people was not little T casual trauma. This was big T trigger warning type stuff. So then I thought, Who's going to read this? And also, are we going to start putting trigger warnings on pages? Like, are we going to have to start saying like, whoa. And then I would watch people tell me stuff and it looked painful for them to even say it. And here I am writing it down to put on the internet. So I kept, I found myself asking this question over and over, which is, why are we telling this? Right? Very much like therapy. Why am I talking? Why is this part of my narrative? What is the purpose of me telling this? And their answers would be, well, I was told to share in order to build connection. And I'm like, okay, babe, but re-traumatizing you is not fulfilling anybody's needs. Or they'd come in on this fabulous revenge kick and good for them. That's their thing. But like, you know, especially women going through divorce or childhood abuse or anything like that, they want to tell all the names, all the details, all the stories. They want to tell you which member of their family abused them, their social security number and where they currently live. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You may want that. But if you have children with this person, or if you have siblings with this person, maybe writing 45 paragraphs about what a terrible mom you had is not the best choice, okay? So I had that going on over here in, in trauma land. And I'm not trying to make light of it, but just writing it was kind of making light of it in a way, unless we saw that damage done. Then, because this was a group program, all of these people are coming to share their stories and they're telling all these things and they're crying and everyone around them is crying. And then I have other women coming to me and going, Annie, my background is totally normal. I don't have a traumatic childhood. And then they would say to me, completely honestly, Courtney, they would come to me and they would go, I don't have any trauma for my story. Is that bad? Am I going to be less successful because I don't have a trauma story to tell? And then I was like, okay, this is messed up. We got to look at this. We got to look at how we're going to do this because yes, the pain that you've been through, the learning curve you've been on is often relevant. But beyond boundaries, that's a trauma bond, not a marketing piece. And on the flip side of that, there is absolutely no reason to invent or exaggerate or try to glom on to some other kind of trauma because there is pain that is not based in deep-rooted stuff. There is situational pain that we solve problems for, right? And so I looked at it as, here's where we're getting this wrong. 
your about page is not actually about you. It's misnamed. Because if I'm actually on your website, looking at your about page, not if I'm listening to your TED talk about your life story, not even necessarily if I'm listening to a podcast and you're telling me a story, but if I am on your about page and I click on about you, what I'm actually looking to do is answer the question, do I as the reader like this person and do I think they'll like me? Period. That's it. We're looking for resonance, not detail. The emotional world of something can be painted very richly without any detail at all. So if you don't want to say, after my seventh miscarriage at this hospital, I was found thinking this and this and this and this, and I was on these 19 supplements, and I was thinking I'm never going to be a mom, and every day that would go by, it would just get worse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just get to that part. Just get to that emotional resonance part. Have you also thought, God, I'm never going to get to be a mom. What do I do? Start there. Because if they can go, yes, I've had that thought. Then, then I can learn from this person. Then I can connect with this person. But if I'm still starting in this idea of let me just sit you down and tell you my story, the reader's going to come and go, well, that's a very nice story. What does it have to do with me? Even though the page is called About insert your name here or my story, right? Because it's not. It's proof positive that you are capable of the transformation that you're selling, right? It's proof positive that you have actual sympathy, empathy, and knowledge of where this person is sitting right now. It is a booster of resonance. It is not an opportunity to devastate your children by airing all of your family's dirty laundry all over the internet. So I know that that's a long diatribe, but that's what I would see over and over is this mandate, this industry-wide mandate to write these giant things that either tell stuff we don't need to tell with no consideration for our boundaries or almost actually behooves us to open a vein and bleed all over our own website. It doesn't accomplish a thing. It accomplishes nothing. If we can get in though, and we can say, here's where I've been, here's where I am, here's where I'm going, here's what I've learned, here's what I needed as I learned that and what I couldn't find, then we are telling the story of I'm just two steps ahead of you. And that's where sales get made. Make sense? Total sense. Annie, can I be honest with you? I do not have an about page on my website right now at the time of this recording for that reason. And we are in the process right now of a big pivot within our own company. And I've written the copy for the about page. And it's what you're describing it should be. And I'm like so proud and I cannot wait to share that because it's all about the reader. It's got a little bit of my story in there, but more so because it's, hey, this is the journey I've been on and this is why I'm qualified to help you. But prior to that, I mean, I got to a point in my business where I just omitted the about page because it's like, yeah, ah, everything that you're saying. And for a long time, and our listeners know that I was diagnosed with cancer in my mid-20s. That is a big part of my story. But it wasn't until more recently that I saw how that connected to the work that I do in the world. So for a long time, it was like, well, I've had this hard experience in my life and I was diagnosed with cancer and it just kind of like dropped this bomb on people. And they're like, Okay. And how do I relate to that? But I didn't see that at first. When I first started 
you know, in my business, that's what I was thinking people wanted to see. They wanted to connect with me. They wanted to know that I had been through something difficult. And I used to justify sharing my story by thinking that, well, even if they'd never had been diagnosed with cancer, that surely they would see that, you know, I've gone through some hard things and that's why I'm therefore qualified to do the type of coaching I was doing at the time and, and all of that. When at the end of the day, there was always this internal disconnect for me because exactly what you're saying, I felt like I needed to share my story, but I didn't know how to turn that into something that another person would see themselves in and feel connected to me through. So I got to a point where the last time we updated the website, I'm like, we're doing a single page website. Just put some basic information on there. You know, they can go click here if they want to learn more about X, Y, or Z. And that's it. Because it felt like such a big hurdle. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that people are probably listening, nodding their heads to everything you're saying, going like, yeah, how much of myself do I need to show in order to be authentic? Because we are drilled in our minds with marketing that in order to be visible, we have to be human because now everybody wants human. We don't want AI. We don't want, you know, this concocted version of some successful guru. We want to know it's a real human on the other side of that microphone or the other side of that screen. But how do we actually bring the humanness without, like you said, slicing open a vein and just kind of bleeding everywhere? Because that's also difficult when we want to be vulnerable but also not in a way that turns people away. And I think people can- Or makes them sad. I don't want to make people sad with my, I mean, parts of my story are sad. I'm a human being. And and if you've ever heard me on any podcast, you've probably heard me say like, I was the most sales avoidant person on the planet and I was freaking broke. True. Okay. But the details of that brokenness are mine. So the way that I teach this when I work with clients on this is everything is a dial, like a volume dial. You can dial it up, you can dial it back. But specifically, we have on the ones and the zero side, we have just pure emotional resonance, no detail. And on the 10, 11 side, we have full, unadulterated, unedited detail. Okay. What we think we have to do in order to be resonant is to share the detail. The detail does not matter. To what you just said, I was diagnosed with cancer in my 20s is resonant enough, okay? You could even turn that dial down and go, when I was in 20s, when I was in my 20s, my health took a disastrous turn that caught me completely by surprise and changed the course of my life. You don't even have to say the C word if you don't want to. Now, if it feels like you are called to, like I am a male breast cancer uh, survivor's child. So male breast cancer is an important detail of part of my story if I'm choosing to do that. So maybe that would come in if I'm fundraising for breast cancer awareness, but I'm not going through the Komen Foundation because they don't include men. Okay, well then maybe my dad's male breast cancer diagnosis is a more important detail. Dial that up a bit. But the details that don't matter are on December 26, 2018, when my dad was diagnosed with stage two male breast cancer, which only one of a thousand breast cancer cases are. We don't need to know that. We don't need to know that. We don't need to know how many chemo rounds you had to know it was hard. 
But what you could say are the things that you remember. So one of my favorite things to ask is, where are you on the detail dial right now? Are you focusing more on emotional resonance, which is what storytelling consumers actually need, or are you focused on detail? Because the people that need the detail, the how many modules are in your program and all that, they're not on your about page in the first place. So you may as well save yourself the detail, dial back to emotional resonance, because it's a hell of a lot more likely you're going to have that touch point in common than I was also diagnosed with stage two male breast cancer on December 2nd, 2018. No. I was terrified that I had to take time off work and felt guilty about it when my dad had cancer. And I, as an only child, thought, am I being selfish if I do this either way? That's resonant. That's resonant with a blend of dialogue and detail. That dialogue is self-talk or what other people say to you. So when you're writing your about pages, I want you to infuse, instead of just the detail, the names, the dates, the places, what were you feeling? What was your self-talk like? If everyone around you was a broken record and you got tired of hearing the same things over and over, what bad advice were they giving you? Right? What good advice were you longing for? Whose voice did you want to hear that was unavailable to you? What did you Google specifically by the word? What did you Google? What Reddit threads did you follow? And how did you find them? I don't care what the detail is, but you are following an emotional path to healing. We don't need to write this giant detailed memoir to try to get people on board. We just need them to go, damn, I've had that thought too more than once. Yes. So good, Annie. And it's so true because, I mean, gosh, we just spill our guts all over our about pages, all over our social media. And we do it because we've been told we we need to, we've got to create this connection. And we're so afraid of not creating that connection or of losing that connection before we even have it, which is just totally an, an illogical fear. But we're so afraid of losing that, that we do what we think we need to do to create the connection. So I know, you know, and if you're listening and you've made any of these mistakes, I have, we all have, who hasn't, our intentions are in the right place. We're looking to create <laughs> connection. It's not that you're doing this on purpose, but at the same time, you don't have to. And this is what brings up the B word, right? Which we haven't talked about yet, but it's boundaries. Oh, and gosh, yeah. I know as so many of us high-functioning, overachieving entrepreneurs, that is tough on multiple levels and multiple areas of our life. But this is another area where we need to look at because you're the owner of your story. So what would you say to someone who is like, gosh, okay, I, I'm thinking about this differently now for the first time than I have in a while or ever. And when it comes to writing an about page, that does create emotional resonance with the reader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there certain questions we can ask ourselves to make yep. sure that we're protecting what we want to protect and mm -hmm. sharing enough to create the connection we're seeking to create. Can you give us like a high level look at what that would look like if I were to sit down tomorrow and write my about page? I recommend writing it as a journal exercise or just a brain dump. Write it as the most oversharing thing that you can muster without hurting yourself to the point of ridiculousity. Like write that 10 or 11 detail missive or like write the sobbing 
self-cleansing Scarlett O'Hara shake your carrot in the air scene, right? Write it down. Get it out of you. See that it is there and that it exists. Then I want you to look at that and I want you to go way wide into the other side and write about like, once upon a time, my business was struggling and it sucked. And look at the difference and ask, what is essential here? Between these two drafts, what did what made it into both? What made it into big drama? What made it into completely no frills? If it's there, it probably belongs in the story, right? Look at that with face value. Then ask, who else's story is this? Because the boundaries at play here are not just your own. If you're talking about your marriage, you have a spouse or a former spouse involved. You might have kids involved. If you're talking about family trauma, you might have a living parent. You might have the parent who was the aggressor who's tried to heal with you all these years getting re-traumatized. You might have siblings. You might have cousins. There might be family secrets involved. And those are just on the trauma front, right? But who else's story are you telling by telling your own? Because just like if I get a really awesome testimonial that somebody says the most devastating stuff of their life and I put that on my website, they gave me permission to do it, doesn't mean it belongs there, right? Not my story to tell truly. So whose story are you telling and what would they need? If they read your site back, how would they feel? They don't have to agree with every word, but if they're going to be upset with you, tell a different story or say the emotions, not the details, right? So what details, secrets, names, facts do not need to be included? That's either a nice to include or a don't include. Like we don't need to know. I don't need to know every single ingredient in your grandma's pasta sauce. I just need to know it's the best pasta sauce, right? But if I'm giving the family recipe away and I'm not the only person in the family that has the recipe, I might need to check too whose recipe I'm sharing. What boundaries have you violated in the past in yourself that chafe? When have you given too much of yourself to a client or when have you exposed yourself too much or when, when an internet troll comes at you and it feels more purposeful, they can call me fat all day, right? But like, if they're going to pick on me for being a former broke business owner and that hurts, maybe I don't need to drive the broken part out so much just to say my business was struggling and now it's not, right? What can I say that way? But when you're oversharing, there's also a way to know because of the way that you hear your story reflected back to you and the way clients show up in their own vulnerability. So even though it doesn't show up on the page, one of my favorite questions to ask during this process is how will you rein in people that share too much on you? I went to your website. I read all about your cancer. That's totally me right now. I just got diagnosed. I'm completely freaking out. Whoa, 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 whoa. I feel you. I'm not trying to cut you off. I am in no way approved cancer care. I'm not certified in it. I'm a business strategist. Let me put you in touch with these amazing cancer organizations and let's talk about something else within Boundary because I could talk to you about this all day, but that's not why you're here. I'm glad my story resonated with you, but I don't want you to feel the need to rebuild that, right? So one of the main boundaries questions I ask is if I have someone show up in my space who has read my story and is feeling the need to unburden themselves possibly beyond their boundaries, how will I rein them back in and what resources do I have available for things beyond my lane? If self-harm is part of your story and you feel comfortable sharing it, 
great. But if you're not an approved self-harm licensed facilitator, have that list. If you are not a holistic cancer specialist at the Mayo Clinic, have one on speed dial that you can bring people out to, right? Because that will also keep you in mind of not oversharing. So people show up hearing your story and being empowered, not hearing your story and feeling the need to unburden. That's a very important thing because what we're trying to get them to do on these websites at the end of the day is make a decision. And if they're crying because they're so hurt for you on behalf of you, or if they're stressed out because your story is so vivid, they can put themselves empathically in your position. We're losing them, not gaining them. We're not a movie. We're a business. Right. Mm -hmm. So those boundaries keep both of you engaged. So good. And so refreshing to hear that we don't have to spill it all. Right. And again, just bringing it back to this is marketing. We're seeking connection. And this is where I want to go next, Annie, because this is what's going to get us to what we want, which is the sale. Because if sharing any part Mm -hmm. of our story is our goal is to seek connection there, right? If that's the goal, then what's the end goal of that connection? Well, it's to hopefully that that person trusts us enough so that they'll buy from us and work with us, right? Because why else would we have a website in the first place? Yes, so yes. This is where I want to pivot with you next. And I know this is what we're going to dive into in the bonus episode is now how do we take our story and also our authenticity and what we should be sharing? How does this relate to our sales pages, to the conversion rates that we're getting on our sales pages, landing pages, opt-in pages, all of these things, and other areas where we're now asking for a sale, whether that sale is air quotes, you know, opting into my free lead magnet, or whether it's signing up and enrolling in my program in my next launch. So I am super thrilled to dive into that with you. And for those that are listening right now, you can come catch the bonus episode. You know, if you're subscribed to our email newsletter list, you already get the Own Your Voice digital newsletter every Friday. This is going to be linked up in there. And if you're not on the list yet, get on the list because we release these bonus episodes sooner than we do here on the podcast. So you can wait around for it or you can come get it within the next 24 hours and get that this content that we're going to be sharing with you next. But for those that are listening right now, Annie, where can they go to connect with you online and to learn more from you? Well, don't try to go to my about page because I don't have one. But if you'd like to know the questions that matter on the about page, which is at what point in my life I could best relate to you, what I was desperate enough to pay for, what I would have done for it, the turning points I've gone through and all those other things, you can go to my website, you can go to all those places. But listen, I'd rather get to know you one-on-one. So the best thing that you can do if this is resonating is send me your story. Send me your about page. You can trust me with that information. Send it to me as a DM on Instagram at Anniepreneur, or you can DM me on LinkedIn at my name. Let's start talking through your story. That's the easiest way for us to get to know each other. And you'll walk away with something you can feel great about posting right away without spending a dime. Amazing. Annie, I love that. We're going to link to all of that in the show notes. So for you listening, scroll down, tap through, go connect with Annie. Thank you so much for being here today and for all that you've shared. It's a pure pleasure. Thank you for having me. So to connect with Annie and take her up on her very generous offer for a free about page audit for your website, head to the show notes right now. And if what you heard today was helpful for you, make sure you join us back here next week because Annie's going to be here for a bonus episode on how to create a sales page that converts. 
And by the way, if you want to get early access to this episode, you can do that because we're going to drop it this Friday to those who are subscribed to our Own Your Voice digital newsletter. So if you're already on the list, be on the lookout for that this Friday. And if you're not on the list, then keep listening till the very end of this episode, and I'll show you how you can get early access. All right, that does it for this week. I'll see you back here next week. And until then, let's go out and grow through what we go through together. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 